Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, would you turn with me to the book of Hebrews? I don't know about you, but I need to hear the word of God this morning. I need God to speak to me. Uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be looking at two verses, two key, ver uh, two key verses this morning, verse 35 and 36. And if you're able to, would you stand one more time in honor to the holy word of God? We believe that his word is holy. Uh, we believe that when we read it, when we speak it, that God is speaking to us. And so Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 and 36, and I'll tell you in advance, uh, we're going to read those same two verses in two different translations because I, I want you to get the emphasis. I want you not to miss what we're sharing this morning from the Lord. And listen, this is, uh, I, I feel a little bit... Um, uh, you know, unsteady this morning. Again, we didn't receive the, the notice that we were coming back to preach. So I wasn't ready for this. I'm, I'm preparing for Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Easter. And, and so I'm, that's where my mind has been. So this is God this morning. Amen. This is uh, from him. It may not be polished like at other times, but it doesn't matter. It's his word. It's his word. And so Hebrews 10, verses 35 and 36, reading first from the New Living Translation, the, the Bible says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance, and I want to pause there and have you say endurance nice and loud. Endurance. One more time, nice and loud. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Patient endurance. Uh, reading from the Amplified Bible, the same two verses. Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence for it has a glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance. Patient endurance to do what? To bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising. I want to say that again. To bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. You've been promised some things this morning. God wants you to have them. Doesn't want the devil to cheat you from them. Doesn't want you to shortcut the process. And so the process is going to involve, it's going to require some endurance. The process of your life, this journey that you're on, it's going to require some patient endurance. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your presence that I feel right now. Thank you so much for, for touching the lives of your people. I'm so glad to hear testimony after testimony, of people knowing that you are the answer, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that, Lord, we're so glad you're not done with us yet, that, Lord, it may be a dark season right now, but the light shines brightest in the darkness. And Lord, right now we, we, we say, Lord, not our will, but your will be done. God, you speak to us. Some of us have been on this journey for a long time, God, and maybe we're growing weary. And some of us, Lord, we're, we can be impatient at times. And Lord, some of us are tempted to quit. 
shortcut it all. But God, it's not your will. It's not your will, and you want to speak to us this morning. And so, Father, I pray not my will, your, but your will be done. Speak to your people this morning and through your word. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So the Boston Marathon, I'm using this illustration because that's where I just came from. The Boston Marathon is an annual running race event hosted by several uh, cities and towns in the greater Boston area. Begun in 1897, the event was inspired by the success of the first marathon, a competition that was held in the 1896 Summer Olympics. With a modern-day running distance of about 26.2 miles, that's how long a marathon is, the Boston Marathon is the world's oldest annual marathon, and it ranks as one of the world's best-known uh, road racing events. As far as running in a marathon, we know that it requires a lot of things. It requires training. It requires discipline. But it very much requires your endurance. You know what? Let me pause here. Any runners in the house? Anybody run even a little bit? Some of you are like, I run to dinner. I run, to, I run for bacon. Uh, I, I think there was one hand, all right? And so some of us, we need to get, uh, we need to get running. We need to get on it, all right? I, I don't like to run either, so you can tell. Uh, listen, running a marathon, we said, requires training, discipline, endurance. Experts say that running places a considerable amount of stress on your body. Some of you would say, amen, that's why I don't do it. It takes several months of planned workouts for a, a new runner to adapt to the impact of running. Some would say, I don't run because of my knees. I, I don't run because of my ankles. It has an impact on my body. Uh, uh, just, it's tough, Pastor Freddie. And listen, if you try to build mileage too quickly in order to run a marathon uh, during that time frame, you are very likely to get injured. And so intentionally building your endurance over a set period of time is going to help you to reach your goal of safely and properly running in a marathon. How many of you think you're fit to run a marathon this morning? <laughs> listen, listen, I've told this story before, so some of you will remember this, but when I was a teenager, I, I thought I was in pretty good shape, and so a good friend of mine, he was a runner, all right? There's one thing to feel like you're in good shape, and there's another thing to be a runner, all right? I just want to put that out there for you. And so I think my friend would run easily a good 8 to 10 miles uh, almost daily, and it was nothing for him. And one day he said he was about to go running, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go with you. I'm going to, and he, he, he like was like, no, you, you, don't, you, you don't run. You shouldn't come with me. I don't want to be mean, but listen, I want you to know that up to that point in my life, I had never done any kind of long distance running. And so again, my friend, he tried and tried to convince me not to do it. I was warned. Anybody ever been warned not to do something? And some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Somebody warns you not to do something and it makes you want to do it even more. I was warned, but I, I set my mind on it and I did it anyways. Big mistake. 
big mistake. As we were running, listen, I'm competitive. Anybody feel that they're competitive in the house? A few of you. All right, so I'm competitive, and so I kept pace with my friend at a pretty good rate. And But before long, I want you to know that my lower back started aching. I don't know what it is about running if you're not used to running, but for me, that's the first thing that I remember feeling was what is happening with my lower back right now. Uh, I know that it's all connected, but man, my lower back is aching. And, and then all of a sudden, I got a nagging pain on my side. Uh, some, some of you would call it a stitch or a, a just a, like an owl, like what is happening here? And then eventually, uh, I started to experience some severe shin splints. And I had no idea they were called that then. I just knew that it felt like somebody had hit me across the shins with a bat repeatedly and I'm running and every time I'm bouncing I'm feeling this and it's my side and it's my back and it's my shins and and, but I'm not quitting because I'm competitive I told my friend I was running and I'm not quitting I I don't want him to ever say he doesn't finish what he starts and so I was gonna do it I listen. I can't quite remember all of the details, but on that day, I, I again I ran about eight miles cold for the first and last time in my life. <laughs> what I do clearly remember to this day, and this is very true, it might have been longer, but the next day. I kid you not, I could not move. I did not go to the bathroom the next day. I'm serious, I could not move. The legs, the, like everything was pain. It was just a throbbing of pain. I couldn't even move my feet, uh, you know, ankle area. I spent the whole next day in bed, and I'm pretty sure I was slow moving the whole next week. And so what's the moral of the story? <laughs> If you've ever decided to take up running, please go slow. Pace yourself, right? Maybe get a basic training plan. Don't do eight miles on the first day. Maybe think about building your endurance before foolishly attempting a long-distance run. Well, today I, wanna, I want us to take that basic idea and apply it to our walk with Jesus. See, in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, he, he made several uh, references about running that hint to the discipline of endurance. Say endurance for me one more time. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, Paul the Apostle says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us do what? Let us run. And not just run. Let us run with endurance. The race that God has set before us. Then in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4 and verse 7, Paul says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And then in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24, Paul says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? 
but only one person gets the prize, and so run to win. Run to win. Running. Endurance. Pace. Listen, these are, are just a few verses in the Bible that talk about running, and, and there are more, so we can definitely compare this life of faith in Jesus Christ to the discipline of running. The idea of endurance is definitely connected to running. Whether you realize it or not this morning, you are running a race. You are on a path. You are headed in a, in a long distance, in a trajectory. But listen, before we, we go too far into this idea, I want to remind you that there are some synonyms for the word endurance that we can use interchangeably, right? And so we're talking about endurance, and so some synonyms, there's up to like 75, I believe, but a couple that I'll share with you this morning are perseverance, fortitude, resilience, Stamina, persistence. There's, again, so many more. Sometimes, I, want, I do want to note this, sometimes the word patience is used in place of endurance. I like the Amplified that we read a, a second ago because, because it kind of put it together. Patient endurance. And what that tells me is it's not redundant. It's not the same exact word. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Some words can be used interchangeably. Some words can give you more of an understanding by putting them together. And so patient endurance in the Amplified. Here I'm saying that endurance is not the exact same thing as patience. See, patience is defined as, and I want you to get this this morning, patience is defined as the ability to accept delay or trouble calmly. It's the ability to accept a delay in your life or trouble calmly. On the other hand, endurance can be defined as literally experiencing, literally surviving pain hardship, or trouble. And so, I, again, I think it goes deeper than patience, and we should keep that in mind. And so uh, let me one more time hear you say endurance. I want you to think right now of someone who has failed to endure, and they are not serving Jesus right now. Someone in your life, someone who you know who failed to endure and they are not serving Jesus right now. And listen, I know that's a, a, it's quite troubling. It's sad. We, it causes us to ask questions. I know that in my life there were spiritual leaders even, I'll give you that example, spiritual leaders in my life that one day they were reading the Bible, they were going to church, they were participating in Bible studies. Some even led ministries, some led churches, some did great exploits for God at one time and today they are lost. They are not serving Jesus somewhere Along the way, they stopped enduring. So what happened? What happened? I don't know. I, I, I think that life happened. I think that hardship happened. I think that pain stopped by and didn't leave. 
And if we haven't developed, you and I, if you and I haven't developed endurance, we, if we're not careful, you and I can stumble. You and I can fail. You and I could even fall away. These are the last days. The Bible talks about a great falling away. And I don't want you to be too proud this morning to say that couldn't be me, Pastor Freddie. That could never be me. See, I, I grew up in church or I always read my Bible or I always am, uh, you know, in a place, in a good place with God. And be careful saying never. Be careful saying not me. It doesn't have to be that way, but if we're not careful, it can be. 2 Corinthians 6, 4, Paul says, In everything we do, we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. In fact, listen, Paul later, he lists out some of the things that he experienced. We, If you know anything about the life of the Apostle Paul, five times he was whipped within an inch of his life, physically whipped. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned and left for dead. He was shipwrecked three times, imprisoned in, on many occasions. And no matter what he did or where he went, his life was in peril. I think it's safe to say that endurance is a quality that I need and that you need. God will use endurance in your life. And therefore, listen, endurance is something that we should hold on to. Endurance is something that we should never give up on. Even though things may not be going your way at the moment, I will say this time and time again, now is not the time to quit. Now is not the time to throw in the towel. Now is not the time to say, I don't know if I can make it tomorrow. No, Jesus is here. God is on your side. You are not alone. It's not time to quit. Endure. Let me hear you say endurance. Again, I, it's safe to say it's a quality that you and I need. It's something we need. The reason, listen, the reason I say this is because we spend, you and I spend an eternity, the entirety of our lives sometimes trying to avoid adversities. How many of you were honest this morning say, I don't like trouble, Pastor Freddie, and so I try to avoid trouble. Let me see some hands. I don't like adversity, Pastor Freddie, and so if I had to choose between this bad thing and, and ba that bad thing, I'd go that way. If, if, if I had to say, Pastor Freddie, if I like the season that I'm in right now, if I were to be honest, I maybe don't like the season that I'm in. I don't like what is happening. I don't like how I feel. I don't like uh, this dark cloud maybe that I'm under right now. It, it's just it's making me feel bad. It's making me feel like maybe there is no hope, like there maybe is no tomorrow. Lies, 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 lies. We spend our, our, our entire lives sometimes trying to avoid adversity. But what the Bible tells us is that through such adversity, God develops the quality of endurance in your life. We don't like to hear that. 
I just want, I just want the way out, Pastor Freddie. I just want it to end, Pastor Freddie. I don't want to talk about what God is trying to do. Romans 5, 3 and 4 says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. There's a, a similar word there. Think of endurance there. Tribulation produces endurance. And perseverance or endurance produces character. And character produces hope. There's a process. You're on a journey right now. God has you. Uh, he's got a plan and a purpose for, for your life. And what you are going through right now is, is maybe not to be avoided. It is to be learned from. It is to be used by God to, to, to sharpen you, to get you ready for the next thing. And did you ever think that if you shortcut what you're going through right now, that you'd be able to handle the next thing? Listen, today endurance is an endangered quality because we live in an era of instant gratification. I'm that way. Uh, the bacon takes too long to cook. Uh, the burger takes too long to be put in a bag and given to me uh, in my car. It's just uh, we're instant gratification. We want to press the button and we want it yesterday. I mean, we demand things immediately uh, that it took people a generation ago and a lifetime to achieve. I want to say that again. Some of us, we want to Day, what, what it took somebody else 10 years to get, but we want it today. We want it in an instant. Did you know that they paid a price to have what they have? And maybe you haven't paid the price yet. I'm not saying you can't have it, but there's a price to be paid. We demand overnight success. We demand overnight growth. We demand overnight solutions. We demand overnight spiritual maturity. And if these are not met, we have a strong tendency that we're just going to quit. And so we, we quit on relationships and, and we quit on ministries and we quit on our dreams and we quit on church. And, and sometimes if we're not careful, we will give up on God. All that because we don't lack endurance. Well, listen, you and I, we might have some bursts of energy. I feel like going to church today. I feel happy today. I'll be around people today. I'll even talk to someone today. I'll shake their hand. I feel great today. You can't live your life by feelings. It's a burst of energy. It's not enough. That's why you and I, we need endurance because endurance will turn your vision into reality. Listen, before we move on and look on how to develop endurance, I want to give you an, an illustration real quick on our need for endurance with a, 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 a visual, if you will, of a battering ram, a battering ram in medieval times. And so we know that a battering ram was used as a weapon. It was used to, to break down. It was used to weaken. It. it was used to break down the protective gates of a city. It was clearly an effective weapon, but it didn't work fast. And yet it did work. 
And this is, I want you to know, if you're not sure what kind of weapons you're up against, this is the kind of weapon that Satan, the devil, uses against us to wear us down. See, in the last day, it says in Daniel chapter 7, that the the, the Antichrist will wear out the saints of the Most High. And so this battering ram that you are experiencing, this battering ram that you might be feeling in your life is from hell. It is a continual assault against the faith, uh, your faith in God, your faith in his word, not to mention it's an attack on our morals, on our families, on our finances. And over time, our defenses begin to wear down. I want you to think right now of your heart being hit. One thing after the next. Of your thinking being hit. What you know to be true, it's getting hit. Of your family relations that are getting hit. Of the security you think you feel, it's getting hit. And left and right, you are feeling the hit, and and it just keeps coming. And it feels like, Pastor Freddie, I can't get it to stop. It just keeps coming. It's too heavy. It's too much. It'll wear you down. If you're not ready to endure, we need to continually put on the armor of God. I love it that we're doing that study for the men and for the women. You need to know what it is to put on the armor of God. We need to renew our faith daily. We need to renew our commitment in order to endure. Only then can you and I stand against Satan's continual barrage. Again, he is hitting us. Again, the battering ram is upon your life. What can we do to help us develop endurance? I want to give you a list of things, and they're not in any kind of order this morning, but I want you to take them for what they're worth in your life. Number one, if you're writing notes, one thing that will help you to endure is to embrace, say embrace, embrace God's purpose. That actually might be a hard place to start because the battering ram is hitting you and you are telling me that there is a purpose in that. Yes, there is. Something is coming your way and you don't like it. You don't like how it feels. You feel you're not ready for it. You feel that it's too much, too soon. And so you're saying embrace God's purpose. Absolutely. Listen, to endure, there's got to be a reason why. Say why. We like that word. Listen, the reason I say that is because people can endure great hardship in their life if, the, if they know that there is a purpose behind that, that onslaught. And the Bible tells us that God has a purpose beyond the problems that we face. 1 Peter 1 verses 6 and 7 says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested through fire by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Some of you are right there. You're saying, yes, well, I have various trials, Pastor Freddie, various things that are coming my way. You're telling me to embrace God's purpose in them? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. See, we all have difficulties and problems. Uh, let, me, let me see. Let me check. How many of you have ever had a difficulty or a problem? Let me see. 
got a lot of liars in the house. Or you, or you don't want people to see your hand. In Romans 8.28, it says that God will work all things, including the really bad things. God will work all things, including, say including, including the really bad things. He will work them to our good. And what this is saying is that God's purpose behind our problems is far greater than whatever our problems may be. We know that God is sovereign and he knows exactly what he's doing. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 say, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Listen, this isn't saying you're supposed to rejoice or be happy or have a party because we're having a hard time, but rather we're to rejoice in the knowledge that through that hardship, that through that season, that through that thing you're going through, you're going to mature and you're going to experience some endurance in your life. So definitely, we need to embrace God's purpose. God's got a purpose in whatever you're going through right now. Number two, this is multifold here. This one says, prepare, prepare our hearts. Let's prepare our hearts. That's how we develop endurance. But, but let's, let's go into detail. Listen, in the parable of the soils, Jesus tells the story of a farmer who goes out into his field. And we know that he goes out to sow and to scatter seed for a future harvest. That's what farmers do. They want to harvest. And so in the process, we know from Scripture that some seed fell on the roadway where birds quickly did what? They snatched it up. Other seed, we know it fell on rocky ground, and while it sprang up quickly at the first wind, they blew away because they had no root in the soil. Another group of seeds found their way into the soil, but that soil also had weeds, and we know that they both grew up together, and it didn't take long for the weeds to choke the life out of the whatever sprang out of those seeds. But then there was some seed that fell on good ground that had been prepared to accept the fruit and, and, and to, to accept it, and it produced a bountiful harvest. And Jesus tells us that the seed represents the word of God. And the different types of soil represent the condition of the human heart. And I want us to just quickly, two things here in, in this parable. I want us to look at the rocky soil, and I want us to look at the soil that was properly prepared to accept the seed of the rocky soil. Jesus said that th those are, are the ones who hear God's word and are happy to receive it, but Mark 4.17 says they have no root in themselves, and so they only endure for a time when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately. Immediately they stumble. I want you to also look at what Jesus said about those whose hearts were prepared to receive. This is what we're talking about, preparing our hearts. Preparing our hearts so that we can have endurance. These are the ones who... Uh, sown on good ground, those who hear the word, those who accept the word, those who bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100. Please listen. 
Just in those two, the difference in those two right there in front of you is preparation. Unless a heart has been prepared to receive God's word, then our faith will not endure to the end, but instead your faith will blow away in the first storm of your life, and all of a sudden you're not serving Jesus anymore. All of a sudden you're not going to church anymore. All of a sudden you're living for me, myself, and I. Prepare your heart. So how can we do that? Real quick, let's break it down. Do it first by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit sounds like a big task. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power. Say power. One more time. Say power. Say power like you mean it. But you shall receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And Galatians 5 and verse 16, Paul said, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Listen, to endure the storms that come our way, storms that want to knock us off our feet, you and I need to walk in the Spirit. This can only take place when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. This filling and walk, it actually begins when you and I come to faith in Jesus Christ, when we invite Him to come into our lives, and then, on a daily basis, asking the Holy Spirit to fill us. Asking the Holy Spirit to fill us. Question. When was the last time you personally asked God to fill you with His Holy Spirit? When was the last time you asked God the Father, God the Giver, God the Generous God to fill you with His Holy Spirit? Listen, this is a huge part of the preparation. It will help you to endure. Some of you, you say, well, Pastor Freddie, I accepted Jesus, and so God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son is living in my heart. Yes, I would agree with that, but the reality is that there's lordship issues that sometimes we have, and sometimes Sometimes we get so caught up in this flesh that we don't allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit enough to walk in the Spirit and to not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's why we get depressed. And, and that's why we face feelings of inadequacy. And that's why all of a sudden we want to quit. We want to throw in the towel because we're not walking in the Spirit. We think it all happened at salvation when God is saying, I have more for you every single day. When was the last time you personally ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit because you need it. It's breath in your lungs. It's breath for your life. See, some of you have started in the Spirit. Some of you have started from a place of trusting God and I don't know what happened along the way. I don't know if you got you know, temporary insanity and you decided, you know what? What I started in the Spirit, now, now I will continue in the flesh. And so you continue to have problems with anger and you continue to have problems with jealousy and you continue to act a fool, but you're saved. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If my wife was here, she'd give me the look. You're starting to look angry. 
I'm not angry. I'm angry at the devil. And so, again, we need to prepare our hearts. We do it by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Another way to do it is by actually bringing our prayers to God. You know, I've said this before. A lot of us, we do plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and none of those plans include prayer. Until plan A fails and plan B fails and, and plan C went by the wayside and, and plan D looks like an impossibility, then we say, oh, I guess I need to pray. I guess I need to ask God. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How many of you need mercy and grace to help you in time of need? Then come boldly. Offer your prayer to God. We Listen, we are in constant need of help throughout this life. In order to endure, we need God's mercy. We need God's grace to help us get through. I don't know how I would make it without it. These are only found in God when we come to Him in prayer. Listen, and can I just say that God is more willing to give than we are to ask and receive? God is a generous giver. I've heard some of you say, well, you know, that's too small, Pastor Freddie. That, God's got bigger fish to fry. God has more things to do. Listen, he is well pleased when you come to him. He's like a father. Listen, I'm a father of three boys, and, and sometimes I want to, they're not here so I can say this, uh, sometimes I want to kick them in the butt and, and get them moving and motivated, but I'm a loving father. I'm a father who loves my kids. I'm a father who wants the best for my kids. And do you think if they say, Dad, I need a dollar, Dad, I need a ride, Dad, I need help, that I would say, No! Your mother needs me more. The church needs me more. This needs me more. No, he's a, he's a giving and a generous father. He's prepared to come to you. That miracle you need, he wants to do it. But you got to bring it to him. Another way to prepare is to be in the Word of God. I said the Word of God is how God is speaking to us every single day. Amen? God's word speaking to us. And I love the scripture, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 says that all scripture, say all. all. One more time, say all. all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, equipped for every good work by saying that the Bible is profitable. Paul is saying it is useful. Paul is saying it's beneficial for you. Paul is saying it is advantageous for you for our lives, in teaching us what is true, in reproving what isn't, along with correcting and instructing us on how to get and stay right with God. In other words, God's word is powerful. It helps you and I to keep on the straight and narrow, or as the Bible says, on the, on the narrow road leading to eternal life. I want to be on that road, amen? Anybody else want to be on that road? Another way to prepare uh, is to focus on Jesus. I couldn't help uh, when writing this thinking, go Jesus. Focus on Jesus. 
Listen, if you want to be depressed this morning, all you have to do is look at all the junk that's going on in the world. And then you add on top of that the depravity and the inhumanity of mankind in general. But when you and I focus on Jesus Christ, all of a sudden you're going to come into a rest. All of a sudden you're going to know what true peace is. I guess this is what it all boils down to. We can either look at our problems and be depressed or we can look at the solution and be encouraged. Jesus is the solution. Or the more we look at problems, the larger they become. But the more we look at Jesus, the smaller the problems become. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 again says it like this. Let us lay aside every weight. Every weight. I want, to think, I want you to think about what you're going through, that hardship, that journey, that, that thing. that It's a weight. Let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with what? Endurance, perseverance, patience, the race set before us. Looking unto Pastor Freddie. Looking unto your spouse, looking unto your neighbor, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The only way that we can endure is to daily keep Jesus at the center and daily keep what he did for us on the, on the cross clearly in focus. The writer goes on to say that Jesus endured the cross by looking beyond the cross to what God was doing in the plan of salvation. We will endure in much the same way as we look beyond the problems and see that God has a plan. I want somebody to know this morning that God has a plan. God has a plan. Jesus is working. He's not done yet. Another way uh, uh, to prepare is to rely on God's power. Say power. 2 Timothy 3.11, Paul speaks into Timothy's life about following the example that he set through his teaching and his life. And then Paul said that the only way he made it through all that he went through was through God. He said, and out of them all, out of what? Out of the hardships, out of the troubles that Paul experienced, the Lord delivered him out of all of that. And so if you and I are going to endure through life's difficulties, if we're going to make it through to the other side of our problems, we need God's power. Colossians 1, 10 and 11 says, Walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work. What, what good work? Every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Listen, there's a popular quote out there that says, we will never know that God is all we need until God is all we have. We have to rely on God's power. Worship team, come. 
Listen, 2 Timothy verse, chapter 1 and verse 12 says, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until the day. And so listen, when things look their bleakest, that's when God works his best. That's because we've come to the end of ourselves, and that is the beginning of God. We all have burdens to carry. And while we may not fully understand them, we don't have to continue to carry them. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Stand to your feet this morning. I want to read that verse again. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Come to me. Listen, that is not passive. Come to me. Do something. Come to me. We are not alone in this life. Jesus is with us. Listen, we're going to open up these altars right now. Right now we're going to open up. I know it's a small area. I know the live stream is going, but listen, God wants to touch you. He says right now to you, come to me. Come to me. And so we're asking you to, 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 to do that. We're asking you to obey God. We are not alone. Jesus is with us. In fact, he has never left us. And so right now is not the time to quit. It's time to carry on. It's time to endure. It's time to come out of the shadows and be all that God created you to be. And the last point, expect God to bless. Expect, say expect. Hallelujah. Listen, as I'm, as I'm closing, I want some of you to start coming. This is your... This is your act of expectation. You're going to come out of your seat. You're going to say, God, I need endurance. God, I'm going through something right now, but I need endurance. Expect God to bless. We need to expect God to bless us with such an expectation that we'll be able to endure the tough times. Come close so others can come as well. Maybe to say, maybe to say this another way, uh, never doubt in the dark what God has promised in the light. I need to say that again. Never doubt in the dark what God has promised in the light. What are God's promises? James 1 and verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Are there benefits of endurance? Yes. So many. Endurance is one of the qualities that God wants us to grow in. So we can fulfill his purpose, not only for our lives, but for his kingdom. Again, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I need endurance. Do you need endurance this morning? Hallelujah. Some more of you can come. If not, make an altar out of your chair area right here. I believe God wants to speak. I believe God has been speaking. I believe that God is moving. Some of you are in a season right now where endurance is, is in question. Whether you'll make it another day is in question. 
God wants to touch you. God wants to move right here, right now. And so right now, just begin to call on him. Begin to pray. Worship team, go ahead and, and, and sing out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.